Welcome. Welcome to the Porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics. The red letter basics. By examining the Word of God and following the example of the Book of Acts Church, we find the church that the Lord intended and not the one that man created. The Porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. If you have any questions, visit firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, and we'll get back to you. Or you could write us at the porch at firefalltalkradio.com. Praise reports, prayer requests, needs, let us know. If you'd like to support what we do here at Firefall Talk Radio, Go to firefalltalkradio.com. On the main page, there'll be ways to do that. We appreciate those of you who support us and support what we do. And um, just give as the Lord leads. I, I'm not going to make a big deal out of that anymore. If you want to support what we do and the Spirit inclines you to do that, you will. We're simplifying things, getting back to basics. Um, but... We are doing the videos, and that has created some complications. Those are ups. If you are a supporter of Firefall Talk Radio and a part of this community, you get first access to the videos. Then, after two months, those videos will now be posted on the YouTube page for the Firefall Network. That will be the place that all Firefall Media Group and Firefall Productions content will be posted, but... Our listeners, our supporters, and those of you that have been with us in this community, you will get first access. And the videos that go up will have the community part edited out. So it'll just be about the Bible studies. If you want to be a part of this community, reach out to us, let us know, and we'll plug you in. Welcome to all our listeners at all the various streaming Places we do, of course, Spreaker, where we're hosted right now, which is our main site, Blog Talk Radio, our original site, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and now Podbean. Wherever you listen to us, let us know so we can get a sense on our reach and what streaming services are being used the most. At some point in the near future... The YouTube channel, the video part, will be subscriber only, but right now we want to give people access to the Bible studies. We start out praise reports per request. If you don't understand why, I believe you don't enter his presence without praise. You don't just rush into his presence. You honor him and you glorify him. Exodus 15, verses 2 and verses 11. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? First Chronicles 16.25 says basically the same thing. For the Lord is great, and greatly to be praised. He's also to be feared above all gods. As we get closer to the end. And we're seeing things that I wish I could talk about here. I may do it in other places on uh, Firefall Talk Radio. We could be getting ready to see some of those gods again. Let's get to praise reports and prayer requests. First of all, I praise them for my home, uh, my salvation. i got to start there. I'm sorry. Without that, none, none of this other praise report happens. I praise him for my salvation almost 33 years this October. He gave me back my wife, my sons. Through that, I have daughter-in-laws and a grandson, this home, everything in it, our furry kids. He gave me a life. And then he invited me to work in the family business. And I am proud to do so. I praise him for all the possessions, all the blessing, the protection the dreams and the visions, the things that he's showing us, allowing us to live out Joel chapter 2. I praise him for his healing virtues, which are still available to us. As I prayed with my brother Larry today, I realized that some of the health problems we have are our own fault. 
and we need to repent of those. And we need to get back to basics and taking care of ourselves and doing what we're supposed to do with this temple he built for us. I praise him for favor and divine revelation, that we are new creations living in prophetic times. I praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. I believe that. I don't know when, but the signs are there. They began when Jerusalem became a nation. So let's get ready. And so now when we pray, we pray for Jerusalem first. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Pray for Israel. Pray for Jerusalem. Pray for its leadership. Pray against its enemies. I pray for America. I really do. I pray for God to have mercy on us. I pray for him to do what needs to be done to get us back in right relationship with him, no matter what that is. I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the persecuted, the martyred, the innocent, and those who are being victimized or suffering injustice. The Lord hates injustice. We need to pray about that, not just be caught up in what the media tells us to, but to listen to the Holy Spirit as to how to pray. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents, both in and out of the womb, both human and animal. Pray for missing and exploited children, those that are victims of human trafficking, sex trafficking. It's, it, it was getting a lot more notice and a lot more activity from law enforcement in the previous administration. We're not seeing a lot of that right now. So let's pray. Let's pray it comes out into the open. Let's pray those that are profiting from it be persecuted, prosecuted. Yeah, same thing. Let it be prosecuted and given the opportunity to repent and get saved. If not, I pray for them to be judged in accordance with their heinous crimes. I'm praying for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. So many nations, so many people. And now our Jewish brothers and sisters, the rise of anti-Semitism like we haven't seen since World War II tells me that we're getting closer to the end. Both the church and the Jews will be persecuted. I see the boldness of the spirit of the Antichrist, but I also believe, and I'll say right here and now, I believe the Lord has pushed him back, pushed him back into the background that his time of unveiling has been delayed. That through prayer and through divine intervention. I'm praying for divine wholeness, health, and healing as we get back to our divine design. Not to the way we are now, not to the way that was passed down to us, not with what we've done to ourselves or what this world has done to us. That in accordance with our divine design, as he placed us in our mother's womb, that we would get back to that, that we would run and not grow weary, walk and not faint, that we would rise up with wings as eagles to do everything that he needs us to do. So if you're hurting, if you're broken, if... There's something going on, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Right now, repent for any part that you've had in it. Cry out for grace and mercy, and I pray with you right now that in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, King of kings, Lord of lords, that you be healed to the glory of God the Father. Praying for divine protection, that Psalm 91 covering as we live in a fallen world for divine inspiration, for us to rise up, answer the call to action, whether you're a part of the remnant or whoever you are, answer the call. Do what the Spirit tells you to do. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. However you can, if you can't do it financially, find things that you can do to be a blessing and to glorify your Heavenly Father. Let's wake up. Let's do what he's called us to do. Praying for the doors that he's opened to fly wide open, for the funding to come to finish the documentary, to make more, to get out there, to be highly mobile, for SRT to do their job, for the porch to have a greater reach, for the community to be able to come together periodically. I know right now with all the restrictions and all the nonsense out there that's very difficult, we can do it online. Let us know if you have any ideas in that regard. I've toyed with the idea of doing 
an online seminar, but we'll see how that goes. I'm not getting a whole lot of feedback on anything. And continue to pray for the changes that we're making here on Firefall Talk Radio. The only other thing I want to mention, I have two things to mention. A new member of our community, Allison in Scotland, welcome to the community, has some friends in need. I don't need to mention their names publicly. The Lord knows who they are. So pray for them. Pray for her friends. Ask the Lord to answer Allison's prayer request. Also, I'm asking for prayer for Don and Mark in South Carolina. Their family needs your prayers, and they have health issues, and they need divine intervention on every level, a financial one, a new place to live. Just I'm praying for God to do a mighty work in blessing them and helping them. So, Father, we come to you now in the name of Yeshua, the name above all names. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for allowing us to boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy, saying, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. We just give you praise, Lord. We just give you honor. We give you glory. And we tell you how much we love you. We thank you for Yeshua. We thank you for asking him to pay our price. So, Lord, we come to you right now, never forgetting the cross, never forgetting what you've done for us. We clear our minds. We ask your Holy Spirit to touch us. Get us ready. Let us hear what you want us to hear. Let us do what you need us to do. Spirit, blow through our homes. As people are listening right now, touch them. Fill them. Heal them. Deliver them. Set them free. Let the chains finally come completely off. Let the prison doors fly open. Have your way. Bless this technology. Bless our time together, Lord. And we just thank you for all these things. In Yeshua's name, amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So, as always, we're going to start out the way we have with the Lord's Prayer. Remember what I said. If the shofar has sounded, your Bible should be open. You should be ready to receive. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We've been talking about the kingdom of God for many months now. We've been talking about having his kingdom come, that his rule on earth be as it was, as it is in heaven. We need it here now like that. It's his kingdom we seek. It's his power. It's his glory. The kingdom of God is a popular topic. And I've got a little personal rant I'm about to go on here. I haven't done that a whole lot lately. I've been sticking to the script. I've tried to be a little more professional, but I've got to be me. A lot of talk about the kingdom of God. A lot of people wanting to teach on it. A lot of people out there standing under the lights uh, with their names on their ministries, teaching on the kingdom. But here's what I see. I see a lot of people want to talk about the kingdom. I don't see a lot of people that want to build it. See a lot of people that want to sit in pews and sit in safe places and discuss what the kingdom of God could be instead of what it should be. And to do it, we have to get out there. We've got to get dirty. We've got to get in the battle. We've got to engage this other kingdom because it's his kingdom we seek and it's his kingdom we need right now. His kingdom authority already resides in us. What are we waiting for? We 
the church, his body, represent the kingdom of God on earth. We enforce his rule over the enemy. And we rule over that enemy with delegated dominion. We were called to occupy and subject them. And instead, we're playing catch up. We're back in a battle, a battle that we should never have been in. The Lord did it all on Calvary. Yes, that is absolutely true. But the church has abdicated that authority to the world. We keep seeking politicians to do what the church needs to do. We keep seeking people up on stage or with titles before their name to do what the church is called to do. We are an occupying army. Let's get proactive instead of reactive and do the job. You see, we've been given authority. Philippians 2 verses 9 through 11, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Yeshua every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, is Adonai, he is Lord, to the glory of God the Father, to the glory of Abba. That's whose authority we have in his name. Because why? First Peter 3.22, he's gone up into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. Well, if we have the authority of his name, if we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, then we have the ability in his name to subject the powers and the principalities and the authorities for the sake of the kingdom, not for vainglorious personal gain, but for the sake of the kingdom. We're not called to sit and do nothing. We're not called to be spectators. We're not called to be asleep. The frozen chosen. No, we need some fire to melt those of us that have frozen in place. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts. So I've given you a list of what we're to do. One, discern and understand the times. Two, know who he is. And three, know who you are in him. Two and three go together. Four, live the kingdom life. I live it. I don't just talk about it. Live it. Walk in it. Five, understand that we are in a war. Six, understand kingdom warfare. Seven, enter into the warfare. You can't just understand it. You have to get involved. Engage the enemy, number eight, and then number nine. I've added a new one every week. Know your enemy. Now you would think, well, I, I only have to know the Lord. That is absolutely right. You have to know the Lord. But Paul went out of his way to teach us about the enemy. And in fact, he teaches us about the enemy before he tells us about the weapons that we have. The church in Ephesus understood this. These were people very steeped in the occult, very steeped in the paranormal, the term we call it today. They knew about the demons. They knew about the fallen angels. They knew about the gods, small g. So Paul just gives their categories. He doesn't name them all by name, and you don't really need to know that. Let's not go to the other extreme and become certified in demonology. Well, you know all the names of the demons. Most of those people don't even name, know the name of Jesus. But you better know who your enemy is, and you better know how they do things. Because this isn't just generic, non-specific warfare where we shotgun our prayers into the heavenlies hoping we hit something. No, this is face-to-face, nose-to-nose, down-and-dirty warfare. Kingdom warfare. This is about your life and your walk with him in a fallen world that wants to kill you and destroy you. So let's go to Ephesians 6. Starting with verse 10. Remember, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Every week I'm repeating certain scriptures. I'm building upon them. I'm tying this tapestry together to get you to understand who you are. And I know 
just in my spirit, that some of you are waking up. Some of you are starting to see, just like I have, things about the book of Ephesians, especially chapter 6, that I've never seen before. Finally, my brethren and my sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, Paul says, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Do this. Pay attention to this. As I was reading Ephesians six ten through 20, it's pretty amazing that I was able to keep going because I was starting to see some of you in the Spirit. I was starting to see you in my head. You've become listeners but not doers. You hear the Word, but you don't do it. The reason to eat food is to give your body energy to function. The reason we eat the meat and the bread of the word is so that our spirit man can function. You need to feed. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against human enemies, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Who are these principalities and powers? Who are the rulers of the darkness of this age? Who are the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places? Well, we may not know their names as they were created, We see them in human form. I suspect many of the studios, the seven major powers in Hollywood and in media, I suspect that the fallen are in some key positions at the top. If not, they're pulling the strings of some of the people who are. I see it in politics. I see it in every aspect of life finances. We see their hold and their methodology, methodia, everywhere. And we're not fighting them physically. Though at some point in the near future, that could happen. It it really could. We're not struggling against flesh and blood people yet. Physical opponents. Not yet but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness. And that's where you got, that's where Frank Peretti got the title of his book from Ephesians 6.12 and Amplified. Against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly, supernatural places. Paul has laid out every level of the powers and the principalities that we're dealing with. That's why I said last week, Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20, is a call to arms, and it's a call to unity. No one person can do this. No one person can do this on their own. At the least, it's two by two. 
But really, we need the corporate church to get involved. We need more than just a handful of people to stand up and say, hey, I'll do this. One of the things I've learned with SRT, a lot of people want to be warriors until it comes time to do what warriors do. A lot of people want to be involved in spiritual warfare face-to-face, nose-to-nose with fallen angels and high-ranking demons until they get into the presence of those fallen angels and high-ranking demons. Mostly all we've never seen again after one or two tries. That evil day that Paul talks about in verse 13 of Ephesians 6, that's the focus. The evil day and the day of the Lord. The evil day will trigger the day of the Lord. One must precede the other. One triggers the other. Action, reaction. Now you would think, Lord sitting on the throne, why does he react to it? Why doesn't he just stop it? He knows what's going to happen. Why didn't he tell Adam, oh, by the way, at some point in the near future, this serpent's going to come into the garden and he's going to seduce your wife. He could have done that. So many things he could have done but didn't because he gave us free will and he gave us choice. He wanted us to make the right choice. He wanted us to choose him. But both those days are going to happen. And when the Lord leaves the throne to come back, he's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah, not some meek little lamb, not some hippie, that they've created to make him seem like super peaceful. No, he's coming back for war. And consider this. The king could issue an edict from the throne. He could speak from the throne and stop everything that they're doing. Nope, he's coming back once more to destroy the fallen, to put Satan in the pit for a thousand years, and to give us back complete and total authority that Adam had abdicated. What's really crazy is after a thousand years, he's going to let Satan out to see if mankind has learned anything, and Satan's going to deceive people into another rebellion, and then he gets put into the lake of fire. Both those days are going to happen. doesn't matter whether you want it to or not. The New King James Version Spirit-Filled Life Bible says, Paul reminded believers that they are called to draw their strength from the Lord and, <clears throat> excuse me, and his power. He warns them that our life in this world revolves, involves standing strong against evil powers aligned against us. Not against people, not against flesh and blood enemies, That doesn't mean that that won't happen. We've encountered people who were being used by the enemy. But my, my battle wasn't with them. Actually, my battle was what is in them to set them free. And some people want to be free, and some don't. We need to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit to discern the difference between our spiritual struggle and social, personal, and political problems. Let me say that part again. We need to have the discerning of spirits and the help of the Holy Spirit to discern whether we are in a spiritual struggle, social, personal, political struggles, We need to know the difference between what's of this world and what's not. Otherwise, as believers, as his children, we're going to get distracted. We're going to get detoured. We're going to start wrestling with human adversaries, with human situations, instead of staying on our knees, on our face, instead of engaging the powers and the principalities that are at work behind the scenes. I know right now a lot of people are distracted by politics. They're distracted by social media. They're distracted by what's going on in the world. And they think that's their fight. 
Your fight is first for the Lord, for the kingdom of God. Now, if that leads you into those other situations, so be it. We don't have time to be distracted, and Satan is very good at distracting us. So that term, the heavenly places, I call them the heavenlies. It's the atmospheric realm around the earth, and then it's the different levels of heaven of which various entities have access. I believe Satan's angels have the access to the atmospheric heavenly above us. And then we have the angels, and then we have the throne room, and we have different aspects. But Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Messiah. That's the resources available to us. We also know that Messiah has the authority over evil in those places, Ephesians 1.21, because he is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but that which is to come. We know that the church is seated with him in the heavenly places, Ephesians 2, 6. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Messiah Yeshua. So, so far I've quoted from Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2. And then finally from Ephesians 3, we know that it is the will of the Father to have his church give his wisdom to the world and confound the evil powers to the extent intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Right there, just based upon those four points I gave you, four different scriptures, we've been given the church's corporate assignment to warfare prayer. We've been given the assignment to drive back the enemy and for the will of God to be advanced. One of the things I've explained about SRT, we help people, absolutely. But the bigger picture is we go into areas in which the enemy has a foothold. Maybe they have an opening from which they come and go. We take back the land. We close those openings. We break their hold on that area so that the gospel can be preached and people can get saved, healed, and delivered. And sometimes a local pastor will know what we're doing. More often than not, they won't. And then they'll suddenly see a breakthrough. And they'll know that the Lord did it. But they won't know who did it. And we don't seek any credit for it. But that's what he's doing with his church. But the thing I like about the book of Ephesians is that before we even get to warfare, The Apostle Paul is encouraging inner growth in each one of us individually so that we can withstand the outward attacks of the enemy. Weeks ago, I did a teaching on the kingdom of God being inside out. It lines up with the teaching of the apostles. Everything happens inside out. You can't do warfare. You can't have authority. You can't do anything unless you're living his life inside out. That's pretty basic. Most people I've seen that have become casualties in war is because their inside walk with the Lord, their relationship, they had open doors, they had issues, and the enemy took advantage of it. Because the enemy will retaliate. That's how war works. So you need to make sure every open door is closed. Every opening in your armor, in your security, in your fences, however you want to visualize it, they need to be closed. They need to be sealed. You need to get your act together. Some of you are having the enemy run roughshod over you. The enemy's doing what the enemy does. 
Deal with what you have going on that doesn't line up with the Word. Deal with what you have going on that doesn't line up with His Spirit. And let me say this. This is to no one in particular, but this is something I shared recently. If your family is under attack, the problem is from the top down. The problem starts with parents, not with children. Though children can be a problem, don't get me wrong. The problem starts with the parents. Whatever's going on with your children, use the old adage, one finger points at them, three fingers point back at you, making you three times more likely to be the problem. No condemnation. Get before the Lord and say, Lord, show me the areas of my life that I need to fix to help my children, to help my family. We are surrounded like by germs and, and all these things that could do us harm. The same thing in the supernatural realm. I don't know how many demons there are. I don't. I suspect that if, as I believe, we're dealing with the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim from Genesis 6 after the flood, they probably total in the millions. They don't get put into the pit forever. Those have been put in the pit. They don't get replicated. Satan doesn't make new demons, just like God doesn't make new angels. But we're dealing with a pretty substantial enemy. Thankfully, we have a two-to-one advantage with both the angels and the church. But folks, we have a problem. The problem is, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world ruled by the enemy, ruled by the fallen, ruled by Hatzatan. The church abdicated its control a long time ago. So now we're playing catch-up. We're retaking ground. We're pushing the enemy back. And while a demon cannot indwell a born-again believer, and I qualify that by saying born-again, they can oppress and harass you. And if you have any area of your life that's out of order with his word, they have legal right to do so. I've shared this story before, but some of our listeners are new. I had a problem years ago. A company had hired me to work for them. They didn't honor the contract. I was getting ready to take them to court. I was ready to do all these things that the world told me I could do. And as I was griping to the Lord, he said to me, you can do that. If you go to the world for your help, then the enemy has legal right to you. If you come to me for your help, the world and the enemy doesn't have right to you. When you get into a position where you're outside the word, outside his will, outside scripture, outside the kingdom of God, the enemy has legal right. He can look up at the throne room and say, this one's mine. And at that moment, what the Holy Spirit will do is he will convict you. He will point out your mistake, and you must immediately repent and take away their authority. Now, we shouldn't be morbidly occupied with the fact that there are demons out there. We should be focused on the Lord first. We should be focused on the church, us first. We should be focused on the kingdom at all times. But we should understand that there's a threat out there. Paul makes that really clear in Ephesians 6. But let's not get so caught up in spiritual warfare that's all we see. We have a commission. The commission is what? Go make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. That's why I... Many years ago, 30 years ago, I came up with the expression, we get people saved, healed, and delivered. You want to talk about destroying the enemy's kingdom? You want to talk about plundering his goods? Start there. We have no fear of the demonic, but we understand that they are a danger and they are a threat. We also understand that no matter how big they are, from Satan down to the smallest demon, Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. 
I've heard people say, I don't have to do warfare. I don't have to do any of this stuff, Richard. I just sit back and the Lord does it for me. And I've handed my Bible to those people. Or if I've been on the phone or Zoom or one of those places, I say, let's open up our Bibles and show me somewhere in the New Testament that it says that. Because it doesn't. He delegated all authority in heaven and earth to us to act on that authority, to walk in that authority, to drive back the enemy, to set the captives free, to pull down strongholds. Paul makes it pretty clear to us, not just here but in other places, that we as believers in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we are embroiled in a conflict. An ongoing conflict that will not end until the king comes back. We are an occupying army. Let's start acting like one. Now, this organized kingdom of darkness under the power or the influence of Hasatan, while not laid out and detailed, is given to us. We see it. We see images of it in Job chapter 1 and Daniel chapter 10. But in Ephesians, Paul lays it out. The expositor's Bible commentary says, In military strategy, one must never underestimate the strength of the enemy. Paul is certainly not guilty of such fatal misjudgment, but gives a realistic report of its potential. The struggle, literally the wrestling, is not merely against human foes, but a war to the death against supernatural forces. And the fact that they're supernatural means they can't be killed. They can't be permanently taken out of the game. Only the Lord can do that, and he'll do that at the end. So four aspects of this menace, this corporate menace, are given to us. Powers, principalities, rulers, spiritual will, all of those. He gives us four levels to concentrate on to show us what we're dealing with. Now, you may never deal with a prince, a demonic prince of a principality. You may never deal with anything that was once, once worshipped as a god. But you'll deal with their demons. You'll deal with other things. You'll see them. You'll hear them. You'll feel them. But the fact is that Yeshua defeated them all on the cross. He broke their hold. He shattered their chains. He took back the keys of hell and death. And he made a public spectacle of them. And we, like the book of Acts Church, should have been walking in that power and that knowledge for all these thousands of years, 2,000 years, whatever it's been. Had we done that, Had we not abdicated our control at the Council of Nicaea, had we not continued to abdicate our control over the years, every time the Spirit rose up and the the church became a threat, the enemy tricked us into sitting down, had we not done that, the world would not be where it is right now. But of course, the Lord knew the end from the beginning, and he knew that that would happen. So the title powers denotes those who aspire to world control. Those are the high-ranking ones. The gods, if you will, of the various religions. Those gods will worship. Some of them are made up absolutely. Some of them are representations of fallen angels or firstborn of the Nephilim, who I believe were as big and almost as powerful as their fathers. Many of the mythology from the Romans and the Greeks ties to truth. There's always an element of truth in there somewhere. And while you don't need to become obsessed with it, you need to understand how it works. Then we have the spiritual forces forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. These are demons. These are fallen angels in regional power. The pagan world, the unsaved world, had no option but to worship them until they were told the truth. See, that's when the church becomes a threat. 
when people's eyes are open and we begin to plunder people from Satan's kingdom, that's when we become a threat. But the unsaved world, even the ones who think they know who Jesus is, but don't know him personally, have to come to know him as Lord and Savior. They had no choice. We do. And we need to stop bowing at the altars of the fallen gods and the fallen angels and this world system, this fallen world system. We need to stop dancing with the devil. We need to stop assimilating. It's one thing to want to bring people into the kingdom so you're being friendly with the person seeking the Lord. It's another thing to become seeker-friendly and to water things down so that we don't offend anybody. If I'm dying of a poison that's about to kill me, the last thing that I want you to do is water it down so that it tastes better. Just give it to me straight. The heavenly realms are the unseen world in general, both good and evil. Don't forget, there are good angels. There are good princes out there. Michael is the prince of, of Israel. We, we have heavenly angels that are princes of geographic areas. In the King James Study Bible, the verse 12 of verse 6, Paul uses the word wrestle. That's hand-to-hand combat. That's nose-to-nose. That's Greco-Roman wrestling where you get in there and you're pushing up against each other and you're getting scraped and it's you're getting bruises, maybe blood. This isn't at-a-distance comfortable fighting. This is very personal and very individual. It's the local church. It's the individual believer. If you don't understand that, then you need to start interceding for somebody's soul and then wait for the pushback, wait for the attack. I would love to have Pastor Shelley on, but he doesn't feel comfortable enough to do it to talk about the process of getting me saved. That's something you could pray about. Then maybe he'll let me record it. The warfare that he went through, the night after night of demonic attacks and the demons circling his house, screaming at him to leave me alone, to let me go, that I belong to them. The warfare that my family went through and those that prayed for me went through. And I have a close brother that was prayed for my son Christopher when he got sick. He didn't survive the retaliation. It took many years later, but the enemy got him. This is nose to nose. This is serious stuff. But if you can wrestle, this isn't just slam slam into them, hope you knock them over, matches over. No, no, no. You better have strategy. You better have plans. You better know when you're going to pray. You better listen to the Spirit. He'll tell you what to do and when to do it. He'll tell you, pray now. This person's ready. You just can't run out there and lay hands on everybody and scream the gospel from the corner and tell everybody they're going to hell. You need to listen to the Spirit. Wise as serpent, meek as doves. Now, tell them about me now. Share your testimony with this person. Satan and his angels are doing the same thing. The demons are doing the same thing. They're waiting for opportune times. They're playing a strategy game. If, if you wanted to study warfare and understand it from both a natural and supernatural perspective, there's a book called The Art of War by Sun Tzu. That's purely about warfare. But when you read that book with spiritual eyes, you'll see what the enemy's doing and what the church is not doing. One of the things we need to cope with is deceptive temptation like Eve did in the garden. You notice he got her to do it. At no time in history do I believe that Satan has ever made anybody do anything. That's not his style. His style is to get you to do it for him. He did it with Adam and Eve. He did it with Judas. And he's done it with everybody since then. Did God really say that? I'm seeing it now. 
the, the same old lie about you could be like God's. You could have powers. You could be special. The amount of witchcraft being propagated onto our children is beyond anything I would have made it through. Uh, uh, Teen Vogue did an article recently on how to use menstrual blood for witchcraft. That's a magazine catering to 12-year-olds to 17-year-olds. Satan's going after your kids. He's making them wanting to be special because they don't feel special in church. They see a lot of religion, but they don't see any signs and wonders. And then in certain places, they see signs and wonders, but they see a dog and pony show that they know isn't God. We need to get back to basics. Paul says, I'm I'm afraid that you've been seduced away from the simplicity of the gospel. That's why I'll never do the, the smoke and the mirrors. I'll never do the show. What we need is a pure word a pure antidote to what's going on in the world right now. We don't need the show. So these four designations of evil forces describe a different realm, a different strata, if you will, rankings of demons, a supernatural empire from which they operate. That kingdom is very highly structured. Structured, There is a hierarchy. They do obey certain, the ones above them. I do not believe that they all interact with Satan. Satan's got his eyes on the prize. That's Jerusalem. That's the Temple Mount. That's to be worshipped as God from inside the Antichrist. But there are other high-ranking angels, almost as powerful as him, that are out and about leading their armies, leading their squadrons, doing what they're doing for their destructive purposes. Colossians Colossians 2.15. Not Galatians. Those are things that you wear in a spiritual reign. Colossians 2.15. God God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and at the cross. He made a public public spectacle of them. That's when a general drags them through the streets and shows everybody, these men are defeated and I did it. My army did it. 1 Peter 3.22, And he has now entered into heaven and is at the right hand of God with all angels, authorities, and powers made subservient to him. You don't boss angels around. He tells them what to do. He's the captain of the host. They answer to him. The Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary says that principalities are supernatural spiritual powers, whether good or evil. Principalities were created by and are thus subject to Messiah. Maybe in the future I'll I'll explain to you how the earth is divided. Before the flood, it was all one giant landmass. When the waters came up from the deep, it pushed that apart. So we got all the various continents which is why we have giant bones all over the world, not just in one places, which is why we have demons all over the world, which is why we have fallen princes all over the world. They went with their areas. Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Why would he need to send down heavenly watchers in Genesis 6 unless there was a threat on the earth that humanity needed protection from? That threat was Satan and his angels. And then somehow he seduced them into messing up. So the one thing I see in Scripture, that no matter how powerful they are, whether they're principalities or powers or dominions or whoever they are, they cannot separate a believer from God's love. There are limitations on their ability, but they cannot interfere with your relationship with the Lord once it's established. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, 
nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Messiah, Yeshua, our Lord. Not Satan, not any of the princes, not any of their generals, not any of their demons and their foot soldiers can separate or interfere with with relationship with God. When you are in right relationship with him, when you are behind the walls of the kingdom of God, they have no access to you. But what Satan does, he tricks us into going outside the walls. Wow. I am out of time, and I don't want to go over the hour. So much more to, to explain to you here. Do me a favor, write me. Tell me that you're getting this. Tell me that you're applying this. These Bible studies walk great, and I love doing them. They're not for me. Now, I am learning a lot. I've learned a lot about Ephesians 6 and the book of Ephesians. But I'm here for you. I'm here to help you to have the life that you're supposed to have in him. I'm here for you to give back the dominion and the power in your life that you need. I'm here for you to walk in that, to help set the captives free. I'm here for you men to become the high priest of your home. I'm here for you wives to help your husbands in that regard, walking side by side, a warrior king and queen, if you will. And if you don't have the mate to do that, I'm here to help you to show you how to do it with the Lord and to walk with you and to intercede for you. But this this food I'm feeding you, you must feast on. You must absorb it and you must benefit from it. So, Father, right now, before we go any further, I am asking you to take the word that they've heard in their ears and drive it deep into their hearts and their soul and their spirit. I'm praying that you give them divine revelation in areas that they need. I'm praying right now that the eyes of their enlightenment would be wide open and they would know what the depth and the height of their calling and your love for them is. That they would know what you need them to do for you. That they would know how much you love them. That you died for them for them personally. If need be, give them a revelation of the cross. Give them a revelation of the empty tomb, the upper room, whatever they need to get to where they need to be right now. Please, Holy Spirit, do it. Fill them. Change them. Please, Lord. I'm asking this in Yeshua's name. Save our families and our loved ones from an eternity in darkness and in the flames with the fallen, in a lake that was created to torment them and not mankind. Give us the boldness to speak. Give us the love in our eyes, in our voice, and from our hearts for them to see you. Let's set the captives free. Let's pull down strongholds and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of our Heavenly Father. Church, the world needs you. Your brothers and sisters in the church need you. Your sons and daughters at home need you. Your friends need you to be like Yeshua to be the church. Stop playing church and be the church. I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.